The Capital Weekly Podcast is supported by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Funding for the Capital Weekly Podcast is provided by the California Endowment and by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Greetings and welcome to Capital Weekly's weekly podcast. I'm John Howard, the editor of Capital Weekly. Today I have with me Scott Way, the editor of The Nooner, and someone who's very knowledgeable about all things political. Scott, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's, uh, it's an embarrassingly beautiful day in Sacramento and across California, and our friends on the East Coast are digging out snow. Yes, and here we are in the shadow of the EPA building looking at a beautiful sky while we talk to each other through these high-tech microphones. We have today, I'm going to get this out of the way because it's the only interesting thing happening in the Capitol that I can see, is the bear in mind the story of the California grizzly. There's going to be an exhibit at the uh, State Museum through June, uh, 200 years of the legacy of the California grizzly, which one of the last ones was, was captured in Ventura County at the behest of William Randolph Hearst, and later that grizzly, known as Monarch, became the icon of the San Francisco Examiner. You, you can't learn that anywhere else but at Capital Weekly's podcast. No, it's a, it's a fantastic history, and people think of, you nationally think of California as being an overdeveloped state, uh, and really ignore how much natural land we have. Uh, so one of the presidential candidates has proposed transferring all those federal lands, you know, to private development. And that's something Californians have to think about. I don't think about it at all lately, but I'll start thinking about it to show how responsible I am. But now, going to what we were talking about before we turned the microphones, which was a great discussion. Folks, you'll have to trust me on that one. Um, it's Let's look at the presidential election and what impact, if any, you see might be happening in California. And let's start what we were talking about earlier, the uh, refusal of the Republicans to consider a nominee to the Supreme Court if the, governor, if the president makes it. Well, it's like our previous conversation without the profanity, I think. I hope. <laughs> we'll leave the profanity to a certain presidential not, uh, candidate. Um, you know, it... It has a opportunity to really reshape elections uh, this November, uh, depending on who is nominated and who is not nominated. Uh, the question of do Latinos support Cuban Americans if Cruz or Rubio are nominated? Uh, what does Donald Trump do to you know either entice or upset? other voters. Both are possibilities. Um, you know, Bert, uh, Hillary Clinton's known to, you know, have this affinity with African-American Latino voters, although in the Nevada caucuses we're seeing that that may not be the case with Latino voters. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, what is, you know, or who is the nominees in each party is going to have a major impact on the November election. Do you think the, the uh, Republican leadership in the Senate can sustain this position of not hearing uh, a presidential nominee to the court? If uh, the, the names that I'm already seeing out there, four or five of the names I'm seeing out there, these are appellate court justices, mm -hmm. all of whom 
uh, were confirmed to their earlier positions with votes of 90 to 0, 94, 97 to 0. How, how do you publicly sustain a position of not even hearing uh, a nominee that you voted for before? Well, that's a fascinating question because I think most people, as of a week ago, were thinking that Barack Obama would have no impact in the November election. He's not going to endorse a Democrat, or he will endorse whoever the nominee is. Um, but, you know, his impact was seen as minimal. However, he can reshape this election right now by certain strategic nominees, among them Sri Suravasanan from the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, Tino Cuellar from the California Supreme Court, who would be the second Latino, the first foreign-born Latino uh, appointed to uh, the California Supreme Court. He's the one that was born in Mexico, yep. lived in Mexico, and actually walked across the border to go to school, I think. In Imperial Valley, uh, notably the county in California that sustainably has the highest unemployment rate. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you know, the county of the winter uh, produce uh development or growing season, if you will, uh, alternating from the Salad Bowl in San Benito County, Monterey County. So he would be a fascinating choice. And his wife is Lucy Coe, who is a federal uh, district court, uh, federal district court judge who was confirmed on a 90 to zero vote and is now a nominee to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. And arbitrated the uh, Apple versus Samsung lawsuit. I mean, you're talking about an ultimate power couple. And, you know, Tino has undergraduate degrees from Harvard, law degrees from, or undergraduate degree from Harvard, law degree from Yale, and, oh, by the way, a PhD from Stanford, (laughs) where he was I'm not impressed. I went to San Diego State. I'm not that impressed. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean... It's fascinating. A couple of Californians could be in the mix. I mean, I honestly believe that uh, Sri Srivasanan is uh, the most likely nominee. Um, if the president goes with somebody most confirmable, but he could go with somebody more political in order to make an impact in the November election. Whatever and, he goes with... Uh uh, do, do you see a scenario where that plays out in California politically in terms of our own primary? As you know, as we look forward now, we're, what are we, four months out? A lot obviously can change between now and then, and probably a lot is going to change within the next three or four weeks. Um, but but do, you, do you see an impact on, on our primary? Actually, looking at your crystal ball, what do you think is going to happen in June? Well, I, I really don't think it's going to have an impact in California in June. I think we're talking more about a November impact because it takes a while to actually just do the normal process of a Supreme Court nominee. Mm -hmm. So it's somewhat unlikely that that process will be completed by June. Um, As for June in general, uh, you know, there might be some drive in California among, you know, Democrats that you know, because it, because of the threats of obstruction by Senate Republicans, but that's unlikely. You know, the fact is, people that pay attention to those kinds of things—they're the ones that vote. 
you know, it, you know the, the swing voters that might come over to the Democrats for a presidential election are not going to, you know, be motivated by a delay by the United States Senate. Well, you know, it seems like uh, every presidential election, we in California want the primary to make a difference this time around. And it's kind of like the football and Charlie Brown. It never seems to never seems to happen. And as we get closer, we kind of like maybe it's wishful thinking. But you think there's a chance that this time around it's going to make a difference or no? You know, we have no idea at this point. I mean, we have to watch the upcoming primaries and the Nevada caucus to to know. Um, you know, and I'm one that expresses my frustration that California, the you know one of the most diverse states in the country is among the last to actually have a say. Uh, but you, you know, you can't have the kind of retail politics of evaluating a presidential candidate like you have in Iowa and New Hampshire. Yeah. And, and that's a fact. Uh, you know, if we switched it over and California was early on, it would be all up to super PACs that could run, you know, television mm-hmm. ads. Yeah. And maybe that's for the good. We don't want the candidates in our kitchen three times a week or four times a week. You know, it's okay. My, my cousin has, uh, his mother is in a uh, retirement home in South Carolina, and uh, there's literally a presidential candidate in there every week. <laughs> I don't know if I could stand listening to some of these folks yeah. every week. <laughs> well, there you have it. There's the... Look ahead from us uh, at Capital Weekly's weekly podcast. Uh, Scott Lay, thank you very much. Scott, by the way, an attorney who can speak with authority on court issues, judicial issues. I'm not an attorney, but I speak with equal authority. What the hell? You know? <laughs> uh, thank you very much for joining us, and we'll catch you next time around. Take care.